We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, everybody, what is going on? How you doing? Welcome to another episode of Talking Buffalo Podcast, part of the Blue Wire Network. I am your host, Patrick Moran. Thank you very much, as always, for locking in Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you listen to podcasts. This is going to be audio only today. It is Casual Friday. That means, as always, I am joined by my good buddy, Maintenance Day podcast host, noted hockey author, a very sore, and uh, potentially, if not right away before this episode is over, a very uh, potential loopy. Yeah. Oh, you're in, Meg. Fresh off soldier surgery, man. What's going on? I, how you feeling? I, uh, I've been better. <laughs> okay. Um, no, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's going good. Like, I went, I, I went into getting this knowing that, like, I a wanted this, b knew it was going to be pretty rough, uh, coming out of it. But man, oh man, like, you don't. It's the old Mike Tyson thing. Like, you, you think you got a plan for everything until you get punched in the face. And in this case, it's you got a plan for it until you get your shoulder carved up, and you're you're in a sling for six weeks, and you're sitting around going like, "What did I do? Why? Like, what?" And then it's a big sling too, by the way. So monstrous. Joe and I, Joe and I are doing this in video. Like I said, this isn't going to be on video this week. We'll be back to video next week, but uh, this week audio only. But I can see Joe. And you can see me. He's showing me before we started taping. Like uh, that is a big sling, man. On your yeah. Uh, on your it's body a, right now. Well, it's a it's a sling, and then there's a pillow too. Like there's a pillow that goes between mm-hmm. my arm and like my rib cage. Uh, because they gotta, you gotta kind of soften the blow and like also have it so that my, sh- you know, so that I'm not like arm flat against body. Cause I yeah. guess that, that would be bad for the shoulder. Plus it, you know, I mean, whatever, but it's, uh, but it takes up a lot of room, <laughs> takes up quite a bit of room. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I, listen, it, it, I expected it. I expected it to kind of be this way, but Man, oh man, nothing prepares you for 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 what the real thing is, you know. Like that's that's the thing that gets me about it, is just like holy crap, man. Like <laughs> I've had a lot I'm of injuries doing this. <laughs> I've been around a lot of years, man. I've you know I've racked up a lot of injuries playing sports or just clumsiness or whatever have you. But mm-hmm. I have avoided shoulder issues. I've never had any type of shoulder issue, let alone any kind of surgery. So I I have no idea yeah. what you're going through right now. I'll tell you. The decision to have it now, was this your decision? Because you were just like, yeah. you know, I'm in a lot of pain now and this needs to get fixed now because I liken it to, 
anytime it, it, it's always tough to get any kind of surgery, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? When something's wrong, no matter what time of year it is, but this time of year, especially, you know, when it's, it's in the summer, um, I, I kind of liken it to, uh, a woman who's like, you know, showing the most pregnancy she's near the end in the summer. You know what I mean? Where mm -hmm. it's tough to move around and, and get around in the hotter months. But yeah. like I said, it's a pain thing. And, uh, you know, summer or winter, whatever, it doesn't matter. You got to get it done. You got to get it done. But yeah, it's tough being in the summer and, and having to go through it. Yeah. I mean, I, I chose, to, I mean, I chose to do it now. I wanted to get this done ages ago. Cause this is, I mean, this is a, this is a problem I've had for a long, long, long time. Like uh, the, the first time I had the injury, it, the injury was the dislocated shoulder. I've dislocated it many, 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 many times. And the first time it happened was, uh, would have been 18 years ago in August. So it's an injury that's old enough to vote soon. So oh, it's been that it's, long. You've been dealing yeah. with this for that long. 2004, man. It was, wow. I remember it was, it, um, remember it happening and it was, I woke up and it was like, while well, the Olympics, like the opening ceremonies were coming on or something like that. It was, it was crazy. And I was just kind of like, I was like, Oh, all right, well, this hurts. This hurts a lot. And then, and yeah, so it's, it's taken some time to get it done, but now it's, was it now one it's incident? done. Was it one oh, thing, one specific no. thing that, that injured it to begin with? No, no, I was, I was sleeping and it dislocated. So yeah, wow. but it was, it was years of playing baseball, years of bowling, years, of all kinds of throwing sports and things like that, where I had the worst technical form possible, which, you know, any kids who might want to you know, want to get into pitching or whatever, listen to your coaches. <laughs> listen to listen. Uh, pay attention to how you're supposed to do things. Don't don't, don't just throw go out there and be balls. like, don't throw yeah, just, balls when you're young. <laughs> no, just have no have no sort of discernible um, style at all. Just go up there and just huck it around. Like, no, don't do that. Don't do that. Any sort of over overhand throwing, like baseballs, footballs, any of that stuff, like that, that is a thoroughly un, unnatural uh motion body motion so yeah i did that for long enough so that it just got completely torqued around and wrecked and yeah so it was it's long overdue to get it done but man it's i, I have to assume that if i had gotten this done 18 years ago when i was 25 uh maybe this is a little bit easier maybe not easier but like stuff doesn't hit you quite as much as it does now at 43 where you're just we don't like, think of that when we're young no oh who absolutely thinks, who, not who no. thinks of being smart when you're that young you no know I mean? not it's like <laughs> certainly not me That's how long sure. you have how long you gonna have that monster on for now uh six weeks Yeesh. yeah so it's uh listen it's once this thing's off it's off for good i mean ideally it should be off for good um and then it's uh then it's all the good stuff to come after that all the pt all the uh uh, and maybe getting back to having, you know, normal use of my arms again, as opposed to babying it constantly and not being able to like play golf or go bowling or do any, like go swimming sure. normally, like any of that stuff. Like you got a shoulder that likes to fly out of joint, man. There's, it's in the back of your head all the time, no matter what you're doing, like yeah. re reach for the remote. Eh, is this going to pop it out? I don't know. Like swing a golf <laughs> club. I don't know. Is it coming out swimming? Yeah. I don't know. Reach for the alarm. I don't know. So yeah, it's uh it's short term a, suffering though for the for the big picture. Like I said, yes, to your point, maybe in the future now you can swing a golf club without pain or at least a lot of pain, you know what I mean? Or, right. or even throw a football around, playing catch or whatever, going swimming, yeah. stuff like that. Sucks to go through it now. I feel bad yeah. for you, man. But uh I, listen, I I like I I yeah, it, it stinks, but like whatever, man. It's once I get past all this dumb stuff with the you know, with the sling and you know, taking 
taking pain pills and being knocked for a loop by those things. Like uh, once I get past that, I'll be fine. Yeah, I hear you, man. All right. So for everybody listening today, we're we're gonna break down what the Sabres did in day one of free agency, which is I think it's both significant and kind of what we expected. No, not 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 big surprises. I mean, we might not have known who the actual people were gonna be that they signed, but we kind of knew where they were gonna go. So we're gonna talk about that. Bill's training camp is opening soon. We're at least gonna hit on that. We're gonna do our starting five draft this week. This week is going to be best 90s movies, and we'll review last week, which was, um, how did we do last week? Oh, TV comedy since 2000. Joe won that one, but at least we had a close. It was close. It was close by our standards anyway, (laughs) (laughs) by the way our our polls typically go. So we'll get to all that. You know what I was thinking, though? So last week, I didn't have a chance to really even bring it up because – we did uh we taped late at night and it was immediately following the Sabres draft. And obviously mm-hmm. that's what everybody, you know, wanted to know about. It was big news to talk about. But if you remember a couple of weeks ago, I told you I was going to the Battery Boys concert. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, man, I'm gonna be honest with you, and then we're gonna get into today's show. I enjoyed it. It was way better than I thought it was gonna be. Now I went for the nostalgia factor, you know, right guys were, you know, they were to the shit 20 some years ago. I was I wasn't young, but I was younger. Mm-hmm. It was just a fun time in my life. So I, you know, I was going there for the nostalgia factor. They actually, and I'm telling them, I was stunned because I thought they were going to sound like complete shit live. They <laughs> actually sounded really good, man. It was a, a pretty good show. The only thing I hated about it was they, um, they were actually promoting an album. They're, they have a DNA album. That I, I think it came out in 2018 or 2019. I is, think. It, is that and like they, a greatest hits album? No, it was it? a new, it was new music. Oh, at that time, but then COVID hit. Like this was not like New Kids on the Block is actually coming to Buffalo this weekend. That is pure nostalgia. You know, they're they're mm-hmm. playing their hits. Whereas Backstreet Boys was on tour primarily to promote a new album, but then COVID hit, so they got pushed back like over two years. So this concert was originally scheduled to hit Darien Lake in 2019, and then I'm happy three years later in 2022. But anyway, so what I didn't like was too much of the concert was songs that I really didn't know. And you could tell the crowd was dancing because they're, Mm -hmm. they're there party and they'll dance to anything. But I mean, they still played pretty much all their hits. It was fun. And this was the first time I had been to a concert at Darien Lake in in years and forget the Backstreet Boys. I'm going to give everyone listening a a pro tip. If you really want to do this and and I, it blew me away. I did not know you could do this show. Mm -hmm. So, we, we got to the concert. The gates open at three o'clock. Um, my buddy John was in one, drove one car. And then I rode with my buddy Zach in another car. We were literally the first two at the gate, which is kind of embarrassing that's, and really cool at the same token. That's that's really embarrassing. <laughs> but it's cool because that, that left us a lot of time to, to uh, tailgate and drink. But anyway, so we get into the gate. We park all the way next to the North Pack entrance, which is where you go in to go to a concert. Okay. Like through, through, uh, through that that um dirt road anyway mm-hmm. so we're, we're literally right there no parking or no uh no fee for parking i never knew this if you're going to Darien lake for a concert you don't have to pay for parking now you can pay 25 bucks to get first out parking meaning you'll get a, a fast track out of there after the show or you pay like 50 bucks for premium parking which i don't even know what that is vip parking i have no idea but anyway do they, do they give you like a police escort out of there is that what is that i how don't that know works? what they do but you could park for free just by saying you're going to a concert you didn't have, we didn't have to show a ticket or nothing so okay. you could technically go to tailgate at a concert for free you say you're going to the concert you tailgate 
get there early when the gates open so you could be closer to the North Pack uh, entrance because it's close to the, to the stage. So you could go there, park for free, drink your whatever you bring, your other food and drink you have, party, make a whole entire day out of it. And then when the concert starts, and I noticed this too, like if you have a lawn seat, if you're not right up at the top of the lawn, like if you don't have reserve seats, you just buy the cheaper lawn seats, mm -hmm. you're better off being all the way in the back because right there, all the way in the back, you got the bathrooms right there. You got concessions. You got you know, your, your booze, whatever mm -hmm. you want to drink, something to eat right there. Plenty of room to move around. It's actually better off being in the back of the lawn. Point being is this. You can't see shit regardless. You got to look up at the jumbotron. It's so far away to see the stage. You know what I'm saying? You actually could go to the show, any show, not just Backstreet Boys, any concert, drink your ass off, party for free, not go into the show. Because I'm telling you now from experience, because the, the, who I don't even know who they were, but whoever the first couple bands were, we didn't mm -hmm. even go in for. We just stayed out there and were playing beer pong and drinking. Wait, 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 wait. They, they had multiple bands opening for them? Yeah, I don't know who they were. Oh, there wow. were no names. Local, I, I, I don't know. I don't want to okay. disrespect whoever it was. But, it wasn't oh, yeah. nobody. but my point was, I didn't know their music, but it was really loud. And it's close enough to the stage. You don't even have to go into the concert. You could literally make an entire day and night out of Gary Lake for free. Free parking. Bring your own shit to drink and eat. Listen mm -hmm. to the concert. Because again, if you're all the way in the back of the lawn, you ain't going to see shit anyway. Right. Then leave. You can have a free kind of concert at Darien Lake. It was crazy. I never realized that you can do all that stuff basically for free. I was kind of blown away. So were you mad after the fact that you paid for tickets? No, it was because it was <laughs> worth it, man. I was dancing okay. with a bunch of people, taking selfies okay. with strangers. I didn't even know $30 fish bowls. I didn't buy it. My buddy John, oh. he liked the light, the, the lights that light up on the fish bowls. They mm -hmm. like these blue vodka ones. He bought two of them. They were 30 bucks each, too. Spent $60 okay. just to walk around with, with two fish bowls. It's a lot but of anyway, it, it was a lot of fun, man. A Darien Lake concert is actually a, a good experience. I enjoy it far more than say if you're going to the arena to see a, a band, you know, mm. you're paying whatever you're paying for your ticket and you're in your seat the whole time. Yeah. I actually like the whole vibe, the tailgating and the lawn seats. It's a really cool vibe, man. I'm gonna start going to more concerts. See, I'm the uh, the the arena thing. I was very prepared to to be doing soon because uh, the Rage Against the Machine Run the Jewels show, which had been postponed the last what two, mm. three years, uh, is finally happening in a few weeks down at uh, Key Bank Center. Of course, now with now with my contraption on my arm, there is. I mean, I could go, but the the tickets we have are for the floor. So me having a very very injured you know, having been worked on arm, being in a crowd that's definitely going to be moshing and mm -hmm. thrashing around, probably not the, probably not where I should be is, wow. is I'm thinking that's someone's going to clip. Someone's going to clip that shoulder. I, I would almost certainly have to like hang out by the Zamboni entrance and just hide somewhere <laughs> and then hope I hope I could hear some of the, well, I definitely would hear it, but, um, but like, I'm going to have to forgo that because, you know, because of this, but also like, it's a show that like we got tickets for so long ago that I don't think any of us remember, you know, if we've even paid for our tickets to our buddy or or what. So we're just kind of like, I don't know, like, <laughs> how does this work? So it's, you know, long delayed show, you know, obviously, you know, times catch up and like, I, you know, I can't go because of this, but it's also like, geez, man, like so many of these things that we planned out for so long ago are now, you know, finally coming up and it's like, oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. We're doing this. Okay. Yeah. I totally forgot. I even had tickets to do that. So yeah, cool. I, I you know, when it comes to concerts, man, I, I only like going to concerts if I, first of all, I like going to see older bands more than I do new music. Like I'm not a Drake fan, but Drake or Taylor Swift, those are people that pop in my mind that are current, you know, popular artists. Mm -hmm. I really don't want to go see them. I'll go see Journey. I'll go see 
the Backstreet Boys and, you know, groups like that from 15, 20, 30 years ago. I, I enjoy those more. And I also only like going if I can make an experience a day out of it, like tailgating. Like I'm going to Garth Brooks in a couple mm-hmm. weeks at uh, Highmark Stadium. And I'm looking forward to it. He puts on a great show I've yeah. never seen. My wife has many people have seen him. He's, he's known for putting on great shows. I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to seeing him at the concert. But I'm more looking forward to having the day and tailgating. It's kind of like going to a Bills game. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. a lot of people like to go tailgate at the Bills game. They don't just go there, show up a half hour before the game and walk right into the stadium and watch the game. It's all about yeah. that whole experience. So that's what now, I don't like about going like to Key Bank for concerts because it's kind of like yeah. you just park and you go in. It's not, you know, yeah. the music, but. Yeah, I, 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 I'm kind of torn on the, on tail, like tailgating's fun. Like there's, I'm not going to put down tailgating. Tailgating is a great time. Um, but for concerts, like I can't get into that state where I'm, I'm wrecked to go in for it. Like I, for a concert, if it's somebody that I've been dying to see, I will be, I will be as close to stone sober as possible because I want to remember every bit of it. I want to, you know, I want to, I'm the dork that writes down like the set list as the show's going on, like keeping a note on my phone, doing all that stuff. Like I get way into it. Um, so like, like that kind of level, like, cause I, you know, I've been to so many shows where, you know, I go in there and people are just shit faced, like beyond belief. Like I remember it was, it was ninety nineteen nineteen ninety eight. I saw Jimmy Page and Robert Plant in Boston. Now that ended up being like the last time they toured together, like at all, like, you know, the closest thing to Zeppelin touring is you're ever going to get. That was, was those two guys touring. And I go to the show and like everybody around me now, you know, granted, you know, a lot of these people are probably of the age where they had a chance to see them in the seventies more than likely. Maybe, you know, if they hadn't, they just missed it or, you know, they never got tickets, whatever the deal was. But like these people were so blitzed. I was like, dude, you're not going to remember anything of this show. Cause like, you know, they were like throwing up on people next to them. Like I, you yeah. know, I remember buying like a sweatshirt and like I, you know, kept it under my seat because it's hot inside. Pick up the sweatshirt after the show. There's puke all over it that rolled down the steps. And I'm just like, oh, my God. <laughs> I'm like, you guys are like 30 years older than me. Like, get a friggin' grip, please. Yeah. And yeah. like, <laughs> you're not going to remember the whole show. Like, the show was incredible. I could I could tell you everything about it. But but those folks, there's not a chance. They're going to be like, oh, man, I got so hammered at that show. It was so great. Like, what do you remember about the show? I don't know, man, but I was wrecked. Okay. Cool. I know. I know. It's like I know some people who've gotten so drunk at their own wedding that they barely even remember <laughs> their wedding. And I'm laughing as you were describing that because you know I gotta call my boy Mike out, man. He um he decided during the Battery Boys concert that it was a good time to take a good 20 minute nap on the lawn <laughs> while the show was going on in the back of the lawn was kind of funny. And look, I I've been there, and that's why again to your point, I raised my hand. Because I remember before I moved to Florida, I mean, I'm going back probably 10, 15 years, but Journey came to Buff Darien Lake back-to-back years. And I went to watch them back-to-back years. And mm-hmm. I'm telling you, Joe, I went there two straight years. I probably watched a grand total of about 14 minutes of their actual concert combined mm-hmm. in the two years. I don't even, one of the years, I'm not even sure we even made it into the gate because we parted so hard. <laughs> Another one, I went in the gate, listened to a song, went to concessions. I got a beer. It was like 14 bucks. I said, nope, thank you. Walked back out to the, uh, to the truck and we started drinking more out there <laughs> but anyway now i would now, now i'm not gonna say i'm a saint for shows um we went uh me and my buddies we saw metallica in albany one year and we started we started we led into going to the show by going to the doing going to wolf's beer garden german place they sell beers by the leader mm-hmm. you know the leader mugs all that stuff great place 
And we, we get in there, of course, you know, us being really smart, they're like, oh, let's all get a leader. So we're getting like these giant steins of beer, <laughs> slamming one of these things down. It's like, you know, I could do another one before we go. So we get like halfway into it. We look at what time it is. We're like, shit, we got to go. Like it's time because there's no opening band. It's just Metallica. Like that's it. Right. So we're like, we got to go. So we haul ass up there and we're like just wrecked. We were just like, oh my God. But like you get that adrenaline rush of like, holy shit, the show, we got to go. That like it cut into like whatever drinking you're doing. So you're just kind of like, but then by the time you get inside, you're just kind of like, whew, all right, we got inside. Now I'm now I'm like equal mix of, you know, half drunk, half like, you know, spast, you know, like losing my mind just because it's like, oh, we got inside. Holy shit. I can't believe we almost blew that. <laughs> I um, you know what? As we're talking about this, I'm like, this could be a good idea for a uh, starting five draft. Then maybe next week we'll do <laughs> favorite concerts. Shows. We'll do a roster of no, <laughs> okay. no. We'll do a ro- roster of <laughs> concerts we've been to. A concert would be a. I bet you'd be a nice mix. I mean, we've at least been to five to ten concerts yeah. in our lifetime to mm-hmm. uh to have a pretty fun uh draft with that. Anyway, yeah, yeah it, it, I had a good time. Man, Backstreet Boys was fun. I'm looking forward to Garth Brooks. Um, now listen, I I would bust your chops about going to see Backstreet Boys, but like. If you had fun, who gives a shit? You know, Dude, like, it was fun, man. If you enjoy it, like, cool. I mean, I'll still <laughs> laugh at you for going to see Backstreet Boys. Like, but that, you know, whatever, it's fun. It's fun. We, we haven't talked bills on this podcast much over the last couple of weeks because there's nothing going on. But obviously, that's going to change soon anyway. Uh, mm-hmm. Bill's training camp starting about a week and a half. It's a fun time for football fans. But the only thing I hate about training camp is it kind of pushes summer forward to, like, towards the finish line you know and i yeah and i hate that because i'm a big summer guy you know that um mm-hmm. that said though there's nothing better than football season and when training camp starts it's when you first start to to get the feels again you know football, the off season's finally over the draft yeah. and trades and free agency minicamp and all that bullshit all done now it's actual football um and we'll talk more in depth about you know camp and things like that and storylines as we're going forward but as a as a football fan again i have to say it i say it often here joe's not a bills fan joe's a, a age bills watcher Bill's watcher like a lions use. fan and he's a detroit lions fan but anyway regardless of what team you root for do you mm-hmm. do you still are you in the mindset man you know when you're healthy and not with a with a bum shoulder right now and again potentially <laughs> all looped up but anyway it gets to be that time time of year you start to get excited for training camp or is it like, you know, talk to me in September. I want to enjoy my summer. I, I, I usually get kind of, I get kind of amped up for it. Not, not to like super like intense levels where it's like, I got, I need the everyday story. I need, you know, if they're doing if two a day sessions, I got to know how each session went. You know, I'm not, I'm not to that level, but like, I want to hear what's going on. I want to see what's sure. see what's happening. If there's if there's interesting battles going on in the roster, I want to know, you know, how those are going, how guys are performing. If there's new guys, I want to, you know, well, I want to hear that they're, you know, kicking ass in camp and, you know, not showing up 30 pounds overweight and kind of loafing through things like that's, that's, that's my level of interest is that I just want to, I, you know, want to see that, you know, everybody that I'm, that I think could be a lot of fun to watch is, is showing up and doing things right and doing things well. And that the coach has things in order. Now I got to, it's a different thing for me this year because the lions are on, on uh, what hard knocks this year. Yeah. Or, yeah. So like, that's gonna be way. That's gonna be way more interesting for me because now I don't need to pay attention to the daily stuff. I'll just watch what happens every week on HBO. Like that. That's that's even better for me because like it'll be crazy because you'll get we're gonna see how insane Dan Campbell is 
you know, we're going to get a, you know, they're going to focus a lot on Aiden Hutchinson. That's going to be cool. Um, you know, they, they got, there's a lot of fun players on the team. They're not going to be good. Like they're still not going to be a good team, but like they'll be fun. So like that, that's, I don't know. It's, it, it's kind of like, be, it's kind of like being in the, in the Sabres mindset, I guess, where it's like, they might not be that good. They'll be fun though. I'll enjoy watching them. <laughs> um, I've always wanted the, the bills to be on hard knocks. That is cool. If you're a Lions fan, it does. You get to see a lot of behind the scenes stuff. You'll, mm-hmm. you'll learn about a couple long shot undrafted free agents or late round picks trying to make the team and their plight. That stuff is always cool as hell, man. Cause I think, it, uh, what, what was the last one? I, I think the last one I watched was the Cleveland one. Now I haven't watched it. Cause, cause that was interesting. Cause that was fascinating to me. Cause it was the Browns and like, they were start, starting to come around a little bit and you're like, okay, let's see what's going on. And then it turned out it was, what was that? The, it was Hugh Jackson coaching them so that was a whole different sort of you know looking yeah. back that was a whole different kind of mess so it was just kind of like all right the last one it, i haven't gotten into one it's been at least a couple of years because i remember the rams were on the last time i really uh mm-hmm. gave a shit I, I can't remember how how uh how that how went. The but anyway, not ended up on there how's, well, how's that not happen there's always been well you know there's sometimes there was there's um protocol like if you had a new coach or there were other situations where the, they didn't have to do it for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And they, didn't, they never volunteered. No. And then they just weren't out. picked. But at this point, yeah, I mean, it would be, I mean, the, the Bills have enough personalities now with Josh Allen. Forget about their mm-hmm. talent, but Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs, there's Trey White. There's, there's enough personalities on this team to, yeah. that would be really good uh, TV. It would be nice to watch. Yeah, when it comes so when it comes to camp, and we'll talk about this more in the coming weeks, like I said, but it's not really something you can figure out in camp. You have to wait for the games to start counting and, and the important games when it matters. But for me, the one thing I want to say before we get into hockey, when it when it comes to the Bills this year, Josh Allen is all the talk, all the rage, and he absolutely deserves it. You know, a lot of talk about Gabe Davis now becoming a breakout star potentially with Stephon Diggs. Offense, offense, offense. For me, it's it's all about the defense and more specifically this defensive line, which has been redone at this point. I mean, obviously mm-hmm. you got Vaughn Miller in, uh, they got Tim Settle and Daquan Jones, too, two new defensive tackles. They lose Harrison Phillips, Starlo Tutele is gone, um, Jerry Hughes is gone, Mario Addison is gone. They pre- pretty much have redone the entire defensive line. And I'll say at the end of the day, the Bills aren't winning a championship if this defensive line is not better than it was in 2021. And this is not just football, but any sport where I, I feel like stats could be and rankings could be so misleading because the Bills were the number one defense in the NFL last year. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, they collapsed when it mattered most. They collapsed in that Kansas City game in the playoffs last year. Complete mm-hmm. collapse. They didn't play good at other times during the season against better teams. And, you know, like I remember, uh, who was it? The Colts pounded them. Tennessee had their way with them. Yeah. Which happens, you know. Hey, you can't go you out can't and play great golf. defense 17 straight weeks, but it just seemed like that Kansas City game, and I'm still having a hard time getting over. Forget about the 13 seconds aspect of it. Just generally speaking, this defense right now, to me, that's the number one storyline. Will this defensive line be better at getting after the quarterback, stopping the run, whatever it takes? Because they got new guys on this line, but I don't, this team's not winning a championship without a better defensive line play because this conference has too many good quarterbacks. On a good day, Justin Herbert will carve you up. Patrick Mahomes has done that to the Bills many times. Mm-hmm. There's a lot Russell Wilson. There's uh there's a lot Lamar, Lamar Jackson. Jackson. There's lots of quarterbacks. Joey Herbert. I mm-hmm. mean, uh, Joey Burrow. There, there's lots of quarterbacks in this conference. If you don't bring your A game on defense that day, you're gonna get beat. I don't care how good you are or what your record is. 
that's the number one thing. Am I right? Do you agree with that? Do you think that's the number one thing when it comes to the Bills and winning this year? Yeah, I think defense in totality is is the thing. You know, D line. Yeah, obviously it's rebuilt. Like that 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 has to step up and and be better than what it was last year. And like that, you know, you bring in three new faces. Like that's puts a lot of pressure on them right away because again, the team was that good last year. So they yeah. got to step up and be good. It's the secondary too. You know, uh, you know how how good is Trey White going to be coming back? You know how you know I the massive amount now. I don't like playing the disrespect game, but like these uh, ESPN polls that have been coming out position by position. How, like, I saw the safety one come out. And I was like, how, how, how did, how did Poyer not wind up in any, like not get picked to the top 10? How did, how did Micah Hyde not get in there? Like, Crazy. what? Like, give me a break, man. Like, I'm not a Bills guy. Again, stress that very highly. I'm not a Bills guy, but like, how do you ignore them? Like, <laughs> how did they not get, who, who's voting on this? And Poyer how did they just black out? Poyer was one of the top two safeties in the NFL last year. He was right. first-team All-Pro. We all know what Micah Hyde brings to the table. Yeah, and I think Trey White was, if he wasn't on that list, he he was, he was, he was he on, was, I don't think he, he was. was. If he wasn't top 10, he was low. Yeah, he I don't. Was, I don't remember, though. I, don't I mean, think he again, was. like these, these polls, I, I could give I can give a shit else about polls. Right. It's, it's other people's opinions. I like, Whatever, just. Prove it to me on the field. That's where that's where it matters to me. But. Uh, you're right. And polls mean nothing. Rankings mean nothing. Paper stuff means absolutely nothing. On the field right. means everything. And we saw it on the field last year. The defense collapsed against the Chiefs. The defensive line just wasn't good enough. And also, mm-hmm. the defensive coaching was absolutely abysmal that mm-hmm. game. They coached scared. Leslie Frazier yep. coached scared. Sean McDermott, whoever sees it, was scared. Straight up. Yeah. Coaches shit their pants in the in the championship game or in they, the conference uh in the divisional round. There's what, what no way the, around that, man. What what the thing that scared them the most though was was Hill scoring that touchdown with like a minute fifty to go, and they're like, "Well, we're not letting that happen again." Right. Back everybody up. We you know play. We'll play safe. You know we'll play the safe defense. Nobody's going to beat us deep. Well, okay, yeah. but give up 40 yards at a time underneath. Okay. Guess that guess that's fine too. That might you be storyline number two, Joe. I, yeah. I just said defensive line number one. Number two might be have our coaches learn from their mistakes. Learn from your mistakes because mm-hmm. that was a mistake and the coaching cost them uh probably a trip to the Super Bowl, obviously a trip to the AFC well, championship yeah. game in Buffalo. No like question this, about that. Oh yeah, no 100 percent And this year it shouldn't be dramatic. It shouldn't be stressful. But the first six weeks of the season for Buffalo, tough. That's tough, man. Like that's that's yeah. that's a that's a big test right out of the gate. And you know, the last couple of years, the first few weeks, they they've shown that like they needed to kind of get their feet under them before they really got rolling. And man, didn't they have a stinker last year? I think it was against the Steelers. The, the opening opening week, yeah, Pittsburgh. They, they open up really flat. No, it's, it's a fair point, man. It, it is. But I mean, yeah. like those first six games are tough, man. Like that's, I mean, their, their whole schedule is going to be gonna be pretty tough the easiest games are the division games honestly <laughs> but like everything else about the schedule is pretty wicked and yeah i, I i'm trying to bring it up now because i'm typing typing left handed. well yeah they open up against the, it's at the rams it's at home against yeah. tennessee on monday night football at miami which is gonna be tough at baltimore and they got pittsburgh at home and then they're at mm-hmm. kansas city that's their first seven games that's man brutal. It's a, oh no i'm sorry and then that uh, is the first six, and, then yeah. green, and then they got a bye and then they and come Green back Bay. on Sunday night football at home Sunday night against Green Bay. So yeah, the first half <laughs> of the schedule is going to be tough. So let's make that the third point then. Early season focus. Yeah. There you go. Defensive line play, 
have the coaches learn from their mistakes and early season uh, focus. Let's not well, spend half the season taking things to uh, to get into form. Not not to go ahead and like start picking games, but like if they get through like that for those first eight weeks, the first seven games, very well. Because like the, I think the only easy game in that group is the Miami game in the first eight, the uh, first seven games. Not even sure uh, if that's an easy game. Yeah. See, I'm higher on two of the most. I, I, yeah, I know, I know, and like I, I'm of the mind that he's gonna break out at some point, but like I don't know, maybe it'll be never. But you know, you get past like those weeks, then it's Jets, Vikings, Browns. I mean, oh, yeah, yeah, knows yeah. what the Browns are Lions, Patriots, Jets, Dolphins, Bears, you know, Bengals. Bengals the Bengals game is the toughest one from second last game of the, of the yeah, year. Monday Night so, Football, man, the like, whole second half of the schedule's yeah, kind of soft, yeah, but but that first few weeks is gonna really set the tone. Yeah, I'll tell you, it feels good. And I'm going to be honest, which is a football guy. You know, this is we've been really busy with hockey stuff because there's a lot of stuff going on with the Sabres, a lot of things to talk about. And there has been a lot of stuff to talk about with the Bills. Just to be able to think about stuff like this kind of excites me. Now, to be fair to say this is zero to do with training camp. These are questions that are going to be answered in the regular season. And we'll start to handpick a couple things with training camp more specifically to uh, to talk about when it comes to the Bills. Unlike a mm-hmm. team like the Lions and a lot of teams around the league, there's not a lot of there's not a lot of uh positional battles going on with the Bills going into camp, especially when it comes to starting positions on the back half of the roster, you know, some uh some depth positions. There, there, there could be some decent battles. I think wide receivers are gonna be interesting as well. But like yeah. I said, we'll uh I I, I love the, the, I, the question I have for you is you mentioned Gabe Davis and like you said that like you know one of the, the burning questions is you know, is he gonna is you know, is he going to make the leap? Is he going to make the jump? And I'm like, that is a good question. But is that a question that's like on a national level question? Or is that just an extremely hyper local question? I think it's starting to become a national question. It's certainly becoming a question with fantasy football stuff that oh, I yeah. see a lot of on Twitter. You know what I mean? How big fantasy football is its own crazy I'm going to be honest with you, though, man. And, and I've been saying this. And in fairness to me, this was before the AFC Championship game where he had all those yards and those four touchdowns. I think Gabe Davis are, is absolutely going to be a star this year. It's not even a question. If he don't get hurt, of course, because that could change everything. Mm-hmm. If Gabe Davis stays healthy, Gabe Davis is going to be a star next year. And he would have been a star if Cole Beasley was here or not, and Emmanuel Sanders was here or not. He's just, I think he's that good. You know, it's just it, for him, it's about opportunity. Mm-hmm. He's going to get that opportunity. I think he's a great player. And what a great system to be in with the quarterback he has and a number one receiver in Stephon Diggs. Gabe Davis ain't going to get see a lot of double teams. Can't double team him and Stefan Diggs. Not when you got Knox and James mm-hmm. Cook and you know other weapons on this team, Jameson Crowder. So I think I I'm very confident that Gabe Davis is going to be a star for the, for this team going forward. But to answer your question directly, I think to some extent everything the Bills do now to some extent is becoming on a national level because they're the favorites. Right. You know, people are talking about them. They're on top of every which again means nothing now, but they're on top of every power. Ra- I have not seen one major media outlet in months who has their power rankings, you know, their whatever you want to call them, pre-training camp. Ra- I've seen the, the Bills have been literally number one on every single one of them. I have not seen the Bills anywhere else except number one, mm-hmm. which is, uh, you know, that makes for them being, uh, you know, the talk of the town or the talk of the nation, I should say, the football yeah. nation anyway. So, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. I, I that that just came to mind when you mentioned Davis before, though, because like, because again, it's it's something that I mean, everything, every minute 
detail about the bills gets discussed in Buffalo. To, and to it will degree. air too soon enough. Oh, right. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, but like, I feel like the Davis conversation has been had since the, since that game against Kansas city. Sure. Honestly, because it was kind of, like, Oh, well he's emerged. Now he's the guy. Yeah. And you know, now you're just kind of like, well, you know, I, I, I don't know if it's just me being like, well, I was like, well, yeah, that's, that's one really big game for him to show up in. But like, it's like, I don't know. Is he the guy? Like, I mean, is he, is he going to be, is he going to be stealing catches from, from digs? Is he going to be getting, you know, is he going to be getting more of those, uh, those opportunities? Like, I just, I, I just don't know. I, I, I don't know, but I'm the wrong person to talk about that though, because every time, you know, digs wasn't getting, wasn't getting looks or he wasn't getting balls thrown his way. I was just kind of like, why aren't you throwing him the ball? Why, why? I don't care if he's running a five yard yeah. in pattern, just throw him the I ball. I remember you saying that many times. Oh, it drove year. me nuts. Cause like they kept targeting like all these other guys. And I'm like, why is Diggs getting, you know, four targets and a half? Like, come on. I, I, I do agree with you in Buffalo. I think is Gabe Davis ready to become a star will be one of the most talked about points of training camp. I remember last year, a year ago. In fact, I remember it was a year ago today or, or this week. When uh, myself, Matt Perino, and Nate Gary were at Mulberry's doing a podcast with Dawson Knox sitting there eating food, and we're, and the main one of the main talking points was, <laughs> is Dawson Knox a liability? Is he, you know, how big of a red flag is the tight end position? And Dawson Knox turned out to be a stud last year. So, yeah, I, I think Dawson Knox will be one of the most talked about players. I think Greg Rizzo, you know, is he going to make a leap in year two? How much will he benefit from playing with Vaughn Miller? I think that's going to be a, a much talked about. Uh, mm -hmm thing as well and then maybe how much is james cook gonna play as a rookie you know the running back yeah. which mm -hmm. i don't know but you know those are things that uh like i said training camp starts in less than two weeks so we'll have plenty of time to uh to talk about those let's take a real quick break i want to come back on the other side because the sabers actually did make moves again not unexpected the the direction they went but still there's a couple of players we're talking about and I'm going to try to pronounce one of their names correctly. I'm going to choke <laughs> under pressure, I'm sure. So we'll be right back after this break. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 
All right, I'm back. Casual Friday with Joe Yurden. All right, so Wednesday marked the start of NHL free agency, which began at noon. At long at last. Literally 12.08, <laughs> or I'm sorry, 12.08 p.m., I tweeted, uh, the Sabres and Kevin Adams suck. <laughs> A lot of people apparently did not get my sarcasm. You told me I think you were being sarcastic, but you said you're going to hose me down. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I was, I was, I was, I was just piling on because I, I knew was, people were going to freak out. So I was like, all right, let's we could turn a hose on you. People who either don't listen to this podcast and haven't heard my thoughts over the last several months, or don't follow me on Twitter <laughs> or whatever, took that as me being dead serious. Like, oh my god, the Sabers have done nothing for eight minutes now. Fuck Kevin Adams, he sucks. His organization sucks. They're never going to do anything. I was being sarcastic for the most part, anyway. Sure enough, I mean, the Sabres did what we thought they were going to do. We knew they were going to get a goalie, and uh, we just didn't know which one, and they did. And I heard a lot of speculation, including from yourself, that they were going to add a defenseman, and they they did that as well. Um, the goaltender, Eric Comrie, I want to talk about him. All right, the defenseman. Let's let's try this. Ready? Okay, here we go. I wish I, wish I had a drum roll for the sound effect. Ela, <laughs> Ela, Ela. Labushkin, Labushkin. You got the last name right. You goofed on the first name. Ilya. Yeah. Ilya. Ilya. You think Ilya of Ilya, Ilya, Ilya Kovalchuk. Think of him. <laughs> Not that you know who he is, but uh, I do but, yeah. know who he is. I know that last name. It sounds familiar. I didn't know who Labushkin. I never heard of Labushkin one second of my life before the Sabres. Even though he was a hated Toronto Maple Leaf last year. Nah, I don't remember him. I, I, I truly don't know. Immediately after signing him, I went, I read up on him a lot. Mm -hmm. I watched clips and, and stuff like that. So I've learned a lot about him since, but no, I've said this before and I don't try to be what I'm not. I'm a Sabres guy. Mm -hmm. I follow the Sabres. I watch almost all the games. I know all their stats. I know what's going on, but I'd be lying if I said I, I sit here and I watch and I pay close attention to all the teams throughout the league when it comes to hockey. Mm -hmm. Baseball, I'm a Yankees guy. I know the whole league by heart. Football, obviously, I'm a Bills guy, but I know the whole league. I can tell you what offensive linemen are on every team around the league. Hockey, mm -hmm. I just don't have it like that. I don't know non-savers that well for the most part. But anyway, we'll circle back to him because I'll, I'll butcher his name again in a few minutes because I don't <laughs> learn my lesson. Let's talk about Eric Comrie. So they two years, $1.8 per. 19 games with the Winnipeg Jets last year. He had a 16-10-2 record, a 2.58 goals against average, 0.920. Save percentage. He has some really good advanced stats. Mm -hmm. um, he's only played 28 NHL games, and he's never played more than in three in a season before this past year. We've spent so many weeks now talking about what the Sabres might do at goaltender to supplement with Craig Anderson and UPL. This was our answer on the surface. Uh, before I tell you my thoughts, because who cares a shit about my thoughts? What, what were your <laughs> thoughts about this? Uh, I... You know, what, glossing over the entire list of free agent goalies uh, was was an ugly thing to do because there wasn't anybody out there where it was that was like you're you're looking at the list going like gotta have that guy he's he's the answer because there just there just isn't that guy goalies don't make it to to free agency like that much anymore or ever because like if because if you got a good enough goalie you're locking them up for a long time because mm -hmm. that that because that's just the way that's just the way it goes. Um, so when you're combing through those lists, you have to try You have to be really, you got to really kind of dig into the dirt to, you know, to, to, to go through the stats, to poke through everything, to, to get an idea of like what you're looking at, you know, what guys, you know, what these guys can actually bring to the table 
you know, the advanced stats, you know, this advanced stats for goaltending is, is, is still a little bit weird sometimes. Cause you know, there's, cause there's goalies that you'll be like, man, that guy's amazing. And all the other stats bear out. Then you look at the advanced stats and it's like, oh, well, it looks like they were lucky all year. Well, congrats. Like that's, that's super. But like, when you're breaking that, when you break down a bunch of the, the these guys that are, that were available, uh, and you see the raw numbers, and the raw numbers weren't very good for for most of these guys, and you're like, Ugh, okay, well, you know, can any of these guys get it done? You start going to familiar names. You think like, oh, Braden Holpe, maybe he's a guy, and it's like, well, it turns out his career might be done. So, well, okay, he's not a guy. Uh, you, you poke through some of these other you know older names, and you're like, oh, maybe he's got a year left. Maybe he's got maybe he's got two more okay years left. Maybe you know we can get by on that. Well, do you want to take a swing like that? Because you did it already with Carter Hutton, and that didn't really work out. So you get a guy like Eric Comrie, who's young. He's 25. 25? Yeah. Tw- uh, sorry, 27. Excuse me. Um, he's 27. He's only played a handful of NHL games. And a lot of that's in part due to the fact that he played for – he was in Winnipeg, and Connor Hellebuck is one of the best goaltenders in the world. So he's not going to get a ton of – he wasn't going to get a ton of starts there. Fair. Um, and then, you know, he, once he got to a point where he was old enough to no longer be waiver, you know, be able to, to not go on waivers. Well, the second he goes on waivers, other teams are picking him off thinking like, okay, well we need a guy now. So let's get him and get him in there. Maybe this will be his chance. Okay. Well that, you know, that works out okay for a couple of games, but then, you know, whatever guy you're bringing him in, you're bringing him in to replace, well, that guy's coming back. So then you got to put him on waivers and he's going somewhere else. So like he just never really had an opportunity to settle down anywhere. So, and he's never really had the chance to be the number one guy uh, anywhere. Cause he was never going to be the guy at Winnipeg uh, in Detroit. Well, Detroit things, things were weird in Detroit for the last few years to say the least. Anyhow, you know, he jumped in, he played for the Devils one game a year ago, like, you know, just bouncing around doing whatever. So this is his opportunity. And he's coming off a year where he, you know, he had a pretty strong handful of games for the Jets. You know, a 920 save percentage is nothing to sneeze at. That's really good. You know, 10-5-1 record for a team that uh, wasn't very good last year. I'll take it. That's good. So it checked off those boxes and it checks off the box of a guy who, maybe is going to seize the day that's good. That is going to get this opportunity where it's like, Hey man, listen, number one job's yours. As long as you take it and you run with it, the number one job is yours to take. So if he can do that, you know, he'll, he'll get to play as many games as, 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 as he can, because, you know, we know Craig Anderson, you know, we know it, you know, he'll play 30 games, you know, at most 30, 35 at most. And that's probably all you want to play anyhow. So you get Comrie in there, you know, Lucan and like whatever, you know, they, they've obviously decided they want him to start Rochester. That's fine. But Comrie's going to get the opportunity to be the guy now. So it's up to him. You know, it's up to him to, t- to take advantage of the, of the opportunity and run with it. And based on the way he played last year, I mean, it, maybe they're cashing in at the right time. Goaltender development is fascinating. Like it's, it's, it's a cliche at this point now, but goalies are voodoo. You cannot figure out how they're going to develop how, how things are going to work out with him, how things are going to go, period. So, you know, maybe at 27, maybe now he's he's hit the point where it's like, okay, now I, you know, now, now it's my time. You know, I mean, this guy was drafted second round in 2013. You know, it's, it's a long time ago at this point, mm-hmm. you know. So he, so he's getting this opportunity now and, you know, he's, he's mature. He's, you know, he is what he is now. And maybe what he showed last year in Winnipeg is what he, he can be as an NHL goalie. And that's certainly the hope. 
from Buffalo standpoint. So it's a risk worth taking. Obviously, it's not an expensive one. You know, sign up for two years, what, 1.8 million per year, big whoop. Who cares? You know, that's that's nothing. So, but if he works out and he work and he plays as well as he did for Winnipeg here, boy, that's a I mean, that's a huge win. That's a huge win. So from that aspect, I get it. Because at least then you're you're giving somebody a shot where there's some potential. There's some possibilities there where maybe he can he can take it and run with it. Where with some of these older guys, maybe you're catching them at the end of the run, or maybe you're catching them when they're already done and you're just hoping to get, you know, catch maybe lightning in a bottle for a couple of months and you know, you're holding on for dear life for the rest of the way. So I uh I like the signing. I like the signing because it, it's it's just not just hucking up hucking up an old name in there and saying, like, all right, well, he's done it before, maybe he'll do it again. You know, this is this is a little bit it's a risk. It's still a risk, but it's on the other side of that risk. It makes it seems to me like it, it makes a lot of sense. He could play his way into a uh full-time starting role, not just this year, but beyond if he plays good enough mm-hmm. because they're not married to UPL in the future. They're not even married to Devin Levi in the future. Not for not if somebody like Comrie comes in and plays really, really good. You know what I mean? There's you 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 never know. So he will absolutely have the opportunity. But to your point, like two years, they're not married to him. If he doesn't work out for whatever reason, then he don't work out. Um, it feels to me, which is not expected, but UPL. He could be on this outside looking in for longer than I thought because the, on the flip side, you could have said, all right, well, if they would have brought in one of these recycled veteran goalies who's not going to play a lot, UPL was absolutely going to be in line to get a shot to share for sure. But now mm-hmm. you got you got a dependable backup at Anderson. The question is, can he stay healthy? And Comrie, you know, you sign him again, $1.8 million, which is not a lot of money, but an opportunity to be this number one. UPL might be stuck in Rochester longer than than we want longer than he wants that yeah. I mean, that's yeah, for sure that's i mean that that that's certainly it but i think that again i think with upl they just get games and get better that's that's yeah. really what it is for upl they, they just want to play in games having him having him back up anderson in buffalo and not playing doesn't do him any good you know, not it's, it's the same thing anyway. we've been oh no 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 but like you know the, uh, when it comes to upl i mean this is the same stuff we've been saying for the last couple of years they don't want him sitting around they just want him playing yeah. Well, I'm glad that they I'm glad they made a move because one thing that gets tiresome is talking about all these goalies and the possibilities. I'm just glad they that they did something. So now we know what direction they're going in. And the goaltending seems set. You got Comrie and Anderson up in Buffalo. Uh you got UPL and Malcolm Subban who we signed. He's mm-hmm. he's in Rochester. And then you got your prospects with Levi and Portillo and uh that second round kid that they just drafted. So mm-hmm. Goalie pool looks pretty good, although Portillo, it's you know, it's anything but a lock that he's going you know, to uh we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll, we'll see what happens. But uh I like the move. All right, so I'm not gonna say his first. I don't know why. Labushkin, Labushkin. All right, 28 years old, right-handed shot, big physical defenseman, a stay-at-home guy. Mm-hmm. Kind of fills the void of the departures of Mark Pesic and Butcher and, and Colin Miller. And it seems now the Sabres defense is set too, because you got Darlene, you got Owen Power, you got Samuelson, Yoki Haru. That's your four right there. Jacob mm-hmm. Bryson, Labushkin. There's your six. Casey Fitzgerald's in the mix. Mm-hmm. So it seems like you look at the signing of him and the goalie, and plus they uh they re-signed Vinny Henestrosa, and obviously they uh they signed Olafson, which you know he was a restricted free agent. He wasn't going anywhere. Not now, anyway. Right. The team looks pretty set now, right? Like what you see is what you get. I like if you're sitting here right now and listening to this. Holding your breath that Kevin Adams is going to make significant moves 
probably shouldn't hold your breath, right? Like this roster is pretty much you think it's roster set at this point now. It's if it's as close to done as I think you're gonna get. Maybe there's one, maybe there's another forward coming. Is maybe. it Pat Kane? Because we're hearing a lot about it nationally anyway. No, uh, no it it's I, well, I mean, the Blackhawks have to have that conversation still with Kane and, and Taves because I mean they, they're obviously pulling it apart, they're tanking. Like there's there's no way hide there's no way to hide it. They the Blackhawks are tanking. Yeah, right. They're hundred percent tanking. And I don't know how much they let Taves and Kane know that they were going to do it that way, but um, but I guess they're kind of putting it on those guys to be pros about it, which I don't know if I'm those guys. I'm like, how quick can you trade me out of here? Because uh, we're not hanging out for this crap because this sucks. Um, but I, if, if the, the, the Pat Kane stuff is always going to be talked about with Buffalo, especially now, but this isn't the time. Now is not the time for that. Uh, when they're a, when they are a playoff team or they're just about to be one, maybe then you you can push that button and maybe then you're just waiting for them to become a free agent. So that way you're not paying out anything and you know in, in assets to Chicago to get a hold of a guy who's only going to play offense and who you really have to kind of worry how he's going to handle being at home playing for the hometown team because we we kind of know what his reputation is. So sure. you know you know so I mean like. It, People will be like, that's not fair. And I'm like, it's actually completely fair. <laughs> like, you have to worry about that. And plus, you know, when they had that other cane in Buffalo and brought him into a really young room, that wasn't a great situation for, for that. So, you know, we'll, we'll cross that bridge if it ever comes to it, because yeah. that, that that's something that won't happen for probably a couple of years, if it even does. So it's more of a media creation right now because it's a just little fun bit. to talk it's, about. It makes sense. You're throwing a dart. You know, yeah. At, at the I wall mean, right now with him, it's it's a media creation because lots of us like clicks, lots of us just want to get people talking, lots of us want to do that kind of stuff. Sure, it's also a fan creation because lots of there's a ton of fans here that want to see it. They they want to see the hometown guy play for the hometown team. Doesn't seem to fit. So I get it. Doesn't What's fit. That? It doesn't fit. It Not just right doesn't now. make sense to me. It doesn't it doesn't fall in line with anything that Kevin Adams is doing right now. No. I, maybe a year from now, potentially. I, all right, so I got two more things, which kind of, how do I say it right? Well, they're, they're building a certain way, and fans, mm -hmm. I think, for the most part, I mean, you got your impatient fans, myself included, you know, they want to see a little bit more and would like to see more urgency in this rebuild, and you're thinking to yourself, okay, well, why can't this team get, why does it got to be five, six years? Why can't they get better quickly? Mm -hmm. You look at what Ottawa and Detroit are doing and without naming, you know, specific moves, but they're making moves, pretty significant moves who were, they were both below the Sabres in the standings last year. Mm -hmm. they're, at least they're thinking is, all right, well, we're going to move up. You know, we're going to be better. You know, the Sabres to get into a playoff race in this conference ain't going to be easy period. But it's like, do you understand the fans who maybe are a little bit impatient saying, well, why can't we oh, yeah. go out? Is Pat King, maybe he could help this team. And I'm just using him as one example, but, you know, there's lots of guys out there that they could if they want to get splashier. Now, I know that has not worked out in the past too well. Mm -hmm. So I get that. Buyer's remorse and stuff like that because of the past. But I don't know, man. I think there's a there's a case to be made that what the Sabres are doing is the right thing. And then I think there's a case to be made that, you know, this is uh, we could accelerate this a little bit more. Maybe we could give up a couple assets and, and try to get better players right now. Like go get a really good top four defenseman or definitive top six forward right now why not yeah i i i get not wanting to wait more 
I 100% get that. But to me, you just have to go back to, you know, uh, the 2015 draft. You know, they drafted Jack and they traded for, you know, you know a couple months before that, they traded for Evander Kane and, and Zach Bogosian. They traded for Ryan O'Reilly. They traded for Robin Leonard. And that was that was Murray saying, like, listen, I know, you know, we, we got we're supposed to do this the, you know, the, the smart way and build it up, but like I'm sick of waiting. I don't want to wait. You know, like I he had been there for a year and he's like, I ain't waiting. Like we're is like we got our guy. We got the guy that we wanted. We got Jack. We're we're going for the we're going for the playoffs right now because this is our time. Uh, because you know, you're never going to get a better chance than with, you know, with young, highly talented guys. So let's push for it. Let's go for it. And they gave up a lot of futures to help make that happen. You know, it's a lot, it was a lot of first round picks and, and whatnot to, to get those guys, um, which at that time they didn't have the minor league makeup to, to go giving away first and second round picks to, you know, to, to grab these, to grab these guys, because the, again, they, they sacrificed future depth to get guys that can play immediately. And that's kind of what you're asking Adams and the group to do now to, to kind of, to step on the gas, to, to, you know, to, to add people like this, you're asking to sacrifice some of that future depth and future ability to, to replace guys in the lineup and ability to, you know, to produce guys that can be in your lineup permanently from, 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 you know, from now on. So um, I get, not wanting to wait anymore. I a hundred percent get it. Like it's, we're talking 11 years out of the playoffs. You know, there's no NHL teams had that long of a drought before ever. So, you know, it's, you know, but at this point you got to look at it like, okay, well it's a record in the Sabre zone. Forget it. Who cares? Just get it, just get it done. Get it done. Right. Get it done. So that when you go back to the playoffs, you're not doing it once. And then, you know, going back in the lottery, the next, you know, two of the next three years or three of the next four years, you got to get it, get it done. So that, when you go back, you're going into the playoffs and then you're going back the next year. You're going back the year after that. You're going back year after year and then pushing towards winning a Stanley Cup or, you know, hey, if you're able to be lucky enough to win it right away, win multiple, we, you, know, you know, be able to try to become a dynasty, try to do things that way. So, um, but I get not wanting to, to buy into it. Like I, it, it, it's, it's one of these things where it, it, the road, the road, itself is there like you're supposed to do it the right way the right way is it's the right way for a reason uh but i get not wanting to buy into what people are selling either because fans have been sold crap here from from you know from darcy to murray you know to botrell you know everybody everybody's pitched the line saying like this is how we're going to do things and we're going to do it right because xyz and xyz have not been it and the people running it have not been it so i i get not wanting to believe any of that and saying screw it let's just go for it um, but at the moment, it sure seems like this group has got their act together. Like they've got, they've got a coherent plan. They've got to go, they, they've got things together in, in a way where I'm like, okay, I see where this is headed. You know, I, you, you can, you can say, all right, they've zeroed out on this. They fixed this. Okay. They, you know, they've got the, you know, they've got their depth, their minor league depth now built up, you know, their prospect depth built up. That's good. Um, they're going to have more picks next, you know, again, next year. That's good. You know, you don't, you don't want to just hand out picks like candy because you want to add, you know, some guy who's going to score you 10 goals and play on your third line for the next five years at, you know, 7 million a year. Like you, <laughs> you don't want to be doing stuff like that. So right. um, and free agency has proven more often than not to, to not work out 
for teams around the league. Teams that tend to spend oh, yeah. huge on free agency, usually it doesn't work out. I got one more thing, too. With Vinny Innistros has resigned for one mm-hmm. year. And I don't have nothing against him as a player. He, he's fine. It was what was it? One year, one point seven million. Uh, you know, he's not old. He is twenty eight years no. old. He had thirteen goals last year, and he plays well with Dylan Cousins. That's mm-hmm. what I keep hearing. So I got no problem with the player. But then I started thinking to myself, all right. So you got Cousins, Gergensons, uh, Hinnestrosa, Middlestat, Akposo, Olafson, Skinner, Tage, Tuck, and Krebs. That's ten locks right there at Ford. Uh, mm-hmm. At Rasmus Asplund. Probably a lock too. Eleven. Yes. You look he's at one hundred percent a lock. Yeah, he's a lock. <laughs> so you got eleven right there, and then those, and I might. Um, what did they um tender? I, I I can't remember the guy's name. Um, oh, I'm drawing a blank. Anyway, I don't think he's a lock to play. Oh God, oh, is Brett is, Murray? No, 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 no. It, it's escaping me. I got to look it up. But okay. while, while I do, let me get to the question: whether it's eleven or twelve forwards that they already got accounted for or not. Quinn and, and Paterka, mm-hmm. one of them certainly going to probably, barring injuries, because of the guys I mentioned, you know, something can happen during uh, between now and the start of the regular season. But one of these two, if not both of them, look like they're destined to go back to Rochester to start the season again. And I guess the question I got to ask is, you know, when it comes to, I, I get it with, uh, I, I know the Sabres don't want to try and rush any rebuild and anything nuts. And we, you just mentioned that and talked about it. It's proven to fail too a lot. But I also don't need Kevin Adams' baby in the progress of Quinn. Like if this team's going to play with their young guys, I want them in Buffalo. I guess the question I'm trying to ask you is whether it's Quinn, Amber Turk, or even just one of them, what's left for these guys to do in Rochester? Like how much better... Are you, are you really going to get playing in Rochester at this point? At some point, it's like, don't they got to be up in Buffalo to, you know, to, to continue their development? I just don't see what more they could do in the minor leagues. Yeah, that's that's the real kind of twist on this, uh, is that the way that those guys performed last season in the AHL, you're thinking like, okay, well, they're in the NHL no matter what next year. Well, that's not that's not exactly, you know, concrete now. I would say like that's um, Anders you know, Bjork, I, by the way, and I'm sorry to catch yeah. up. Anders Bjork was the guy I was couldn't, okay. couldn't remember, but anyway, yeah. go ahead. so I, I look at it this way uh, of those guys that you mentioned off, who are the guys that you wouldn't feel bad if you got to sit them out? Well, Bjork's one and Astros is a second one. Like if they're, if they're, if those two guys are your scratches and you're playing Baturk and Quinn over them. Okay, cool. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't feel bad about that. Like that's, that that's a that's a move that's that's automatic and easy to make. Um, Do you want to see Berterka and Quinn both in Buffalo to start the season? Oh, well, I got to see what they do in camp first. Honestly, let's assume they look good. To me, I know they said Paterka was really close to making the team out of camp last year. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, you know, I. If if they're making a team, their their role on the lines has to has to make sense. Like that's the thing. Like you can't plop them on the fourth line and say, okay, you're gonna play, <clears throat> you're gonna play 12 minutes a night, uh, not play any offensive specialty situations. You're just gonna have to grind it out like that. Then no, I don't want them on the team. Like that's that's the absolute like that's the that's the old Darcy Lindy way of doing things. Like yeah, you made the team, but now you're gonna play in the fourth line uh, and you're gonna play eight minutes a night. Good luck. Do your best with that, playing with some guys that aren't going to be able to help you out. Congrats. Like, go ahead. You know, have fun with that. Like that, 
in that case, no, I don't need, I don't need them on the team then. Um, but I do wonder if maybe they, you know, maybe how, maybe the struggles Quinn saw in the uh, Calder cup playoffs last year, maybe that, maybe that gave them a, you know, a sign of like, maybe there's some more stuff he's got to work on here because that is tougher competition. Those teams were zeroed in on him because they're like, you know, we can, we can't let that guy beat us. Yeah. Um, so, you know, so maybe that's a signal to be like, okay, let's, let's maybe pump the brakes a little bit on Jack and say, you know, let's, let, let's let him chew on, on, you know, not scoring any goals in the playoffs last year and in the playoffs and, and see how he turns out because if he comes through with a monster camp, because I mean, he's shown the last two years that he can build off of having, you know, a rough year. I mean, his first AHL season was, was really rough and he came back last year and was a, was a beast. You know, plus he missed a lot of games because of health stuff, you know, injuries and mono and all that stuff. So you got to be careful there. Uh, Paterka, like they're still working on the defensive, you know, the defensive commitment in a lot of ways. It's gotten a lot better. It's gotten much better. Um, but you still need him to be a complete player when he's when he's at the NHL level. So I, I get it. I get it. It's disappointing. And you're just kind of like, what the heck are they doing? But I think when it's coming from Granado and these guys, I trust it a bit more than I than I would from from you know from from coaches in the past here because because I because I have a it, I have a what seems to be a good idea of how they're how they're managing expectations and how they're managing these guys because they don't want to have them up here and have them come up and fail and then you have to rebuild not you don't have to necessarily rebuild their game but you have to rebuild their psyche and their confidence and all that stuff because is that I mean that plays such a huge part into a young guy's early part of his career because if there's just you know if they're snake bit or if you know they just they're missing out on opportunities um or and, you know and, and you have to send them down you know that's that takes some time for some some guys to get over that i mean some guys will just go right back and and start blowing up and scoring like crazy and then you're good but the same point like you you, you want to get it right the first time you don't want to just you know say all right buddy here's your spot you got your you're on the team, you made it, and then he doesn't score his first, you know, 11, 12 games, and then you got to send him down. And then you're like, well, we just wasted 12, we just wasted the first 12 games of the year. Now we're sending him back to, to AHL to work on stuff there. He's going to be there for who knows how long to get it, you know, to get his game back. And then we got to try to bring him back, work him back in the lineup, and then go, you know, start all over again from there. So I get not wanting to, you know, to waste time on, you know, you know, the ups and downs and stuff, but. Um, but again, I, I get the fan point of view of being like, these guys scored a point and a half per game rate last year. Like what else do they need to do? Yeah. But, you know, but the, what else they need to do part is the part they have to prove at the NHL level. It, scoring a ton in the AHL level for them you know, right now is easy doing it at the NHL level on a consistent night by night basis. That's the, that's the part where they have to ace it. It's going to be interesting. I, I hope that they get an opportunity uh, sooner than later. And well, obviously that's a story that we'll continue to follow. All right, let's get into our starting five draft. This is the way we end every casual Friday. Uh, we'll start last week. And we did TV comedy since 2000. Joe won that poll. That was our 50th poll, by the way, for everyone listening. It's pretty a uh, nice little milestone number there. Joe had 54% of the vote. He took The Office, first overall, um, Arrested Development, Parks and Rec, Veep, and The League. Um, I had 46%. I took It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, Curb Your Enthusiasm, 30 Rock, Shits Creek, and Scrubs. You know, usually I got some kind of witty uh, retorts for the way these polls go or some deep analysis. I pretend like it's a sports game and I'm some kind of columnist mm-hmm. who covered the game. Don't really got much, man. I thought these were 10 good picks. 
it could have went either way. This sounds about right to me. I will say the one interaction that I don't want to say it surprised me because I like the show, but there was uh, some support for Veep. Like Veep was a good pick for you in the fourth round. I think that played well with you. Mm -hmm. um, Shit's Creek is one of those shows where I don't think there's much in between. People who who love it really love it, and, oh, and people really who don't, good, man, and people <laughs> who don't really don't think it's funny at all. They think it's really corny and, and and stupid, and they probably gave up on it too early. But anyway, I mean, it is what it is. It was a it was an eight that's, point margin. That's their loss if they gave up on that show. I, I agree. I agree a hundred percent. Um, it was a good poll, man. It was uh yeah. again, ten good choices, pretty broad category. And to be fair, I, this one is also gonna be as well because we literally got an entire <laughs> decade of movies. We're getting to the point now. If you're listening to this and you got some ideas, please tweet at myself or Joe and, and mm -hmm. Come up with some ideas for the draft because I'm gonna tell you right now. Once we start getting more past fifty now, so we're headed towards sixty. <laughs> these could get a little bit hard to do ones that we haven't done yet. Mm -hmm. Now we could have, in fairness, I could have done '90s dramas or '90s comedies, but yeah. at this point, everybody into the pool. Everybody into the pool, exactly. So this is gonna be '90s movies. So any movie that came out in the '90s. Um. All right. So you took The Office first overall last week. You yes. stole my favorite show of all time. That's right. I know well, I was surprised you did that category last week, knowing full well yeah. that I was picking first. Well, this week <laughs> I get first pick, and my first thought was, well, I'm gonna take a movie that you've taken in other polls for, for different reasons. I already know what you're picking, but I'm not picking it. What? I'm not picking it. I am going with my heart on this one. First okay. overall, this is going to be, you know, every draft, like. Sometimes you like you knew Patrick Ewing was gonna be the number one pick. It was the Patrick Ewing lottery. And then there's other drafts where let's just look at the hockey one where it was Shane Wright, Shane Wright. Go, oh my god, it's not Shane Wright. Yeah, well, that's how I feel today because I'm not taking what I think you think I'm gonna You're take. You're taking Yuri Slavkowski movie. <laughs> wow. Um, no, I am taking, believe it or not, my first overall pick, best movie of the decade, Shawshank Redemption. Beautiful. I'm taking, I'm taking it first overall. It's a hill that I will die on. I did not even love the movie that much in 1994. That's when it came out. I'm going to be honest with you. It's a movie that as I've gotten older, I've really come to appreciate the storytelling mm -hmm. and just the artistic touches all over the goddamn movie. Mm -hmm. Tim Robbins as Annie Dufresne is as good as he gets. And, and I don't know what more can you say about Morgan Freeman? The, those were two acting masterclasses. And it was a great cast, a great story. Loved every single thing about it. They were both nominated for for support actor for for an Oscar, and neither one. This was nominated for best picture, didn't win. I feel like that's a travesty. No, mm -hmm. I know. Again, this is not the commercial pick for number one, and I'm okay with that because I wouldn't be able to live with myself if I pass on this movie because I think it's the best movie of the decade, not by much, by an mm -hmm. inch. But I'm gonna live with it, man. I'm gonna take Shawshank Redemption. See how yeah. that plays out. No, I respect that. No, it's a, it, listen. It's a beloved movie. Like yeah. it's it's a. What is it? It's a any well, not that people are you know stopping on cable to watch with on cable randomly now, but it's a you caught it on cable movie. You were stopping and watching until it was over with. Movie. Sure, yeah, that's it's one of many. I think this whole list is filled with movies like that, though. Like for, it is. I I, I think I, I think that's the way that this is this most of our most of our picks are going to work out to be that way. Where it was like if you're, if you're flipping around channels and you saw it, and you're like, all right, well. I'm not leaving this till it's over, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? Um, so I, I love Shawshank. I need to hate Shawshank. Shawshank's so good. 
Um, but uh, so I'm going to guess that the, the one that you didn't pick is now going to be that one I'm, I'm going to pick right now. Mm-hmm. And it's Goodfellas. It is. Okay. It was, it was right, neck and neck. It was by an inch, literally by an inch, man. I love but, Goodfellas. But, but, Oh yeah, and and I don't know if people are gonna slap me around for taking Goodfellas. I mean, listen, I don't care. You're gonna get mad at me for taking a great movie. Have fun, enjoy, <laughs> enjoy, enjoy, enjoy feeling high and mighty about that one because cool, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but Jesus, Goodfellas is is just it's a it's a perfect mob movie among mob movies and among other movies, it's a perfect movie. So yeah, uh, so, yeah, I yeah, I got I have to pick Goodfellas. I have you to. Do. You do. You'd be um, dumb not to. Right. Uh, my next pick, though, there's so many great movies that, like, you literally can't go wrong unless you go way off the map with a choice. Um, but my my next pick is Fargo. Okay. Um, Coen Brothers movie. Um, it's it's inc- it's incredible how good of a movie that is. Francis McDormand's amazing throughout it um william h macy is is great everybody adapting up you know minnesota wisconsin accents is incredible um it's the it's a beautiful dark comedy that's it's wicked it's gross it's evil steve buscemi is amazing uh yeah i love fargo fargo's fargo's an all-time movie for me i don't know obviously how these polls are going to go we never know Right. Um, but I, I look at it, and like I said, when you got a broad category that, you know, a full decade worth of movies, we'd have to really fuck up to, to not have one that's going to be good. <laughs> All right. So I got two here. The first one, I picked this before. I, I circled back to, uh, we did a Tom Hanks movie draft, and I took it first overall. I'm going to take it third overall here. Forrest Gump. I, I, I love Forrest Gump. And again, a lot of these movies, I don't know why we're trying to sell them to people. Either they're going to love them or hate them because these movies are all 25 <laughs> to 30 years old at this point. Mm-hmm. Everyone's seen them. as a matter of whether they liked them or not. I, I love the movie, man. It was funny. It was uh, sentimental, a little bit emotional at times. Tom Hanks won an Oscar for this. I mean, it's a, it's a movie that hasn't aged well for me. I know you said that. I remember with the time. Yeah, I think I, think I mentioned this draft. last time when we did. did this last time. But. No, it, it, it hasn't aged well. Well, if you don't think this age well, then I mean, you probably are going to hate what I pick next because this is a movie, a time period movie that I, I think is to this day one of them for me anyway, one of my top five most rewatched movies of all time. Not because it's deep with substance; it's just awesome. Dazed mm-hmm. and confused, man. I'm going to go off the off the board here with another pick. I've watched this movie a trillion times, man. A young Matthew McConaughey, just a bunch of high school kids trying to party. In the seventies, love okay. the movie, man. I really, and again, I, you people okay. are only listening to us; they can't watch it. Joe's looking at me stunned, like, "Oh my god, that dude, that wasn't even on my board." I just want to thank you for handing me the win this week already. <laughs> uh, nice I don't know, you. man. I think a lot of people <laughs> might like that one, but anyway, all right. So I'm gonna live with it. So Forrest Gump, Days of Confusion. You're on the clock for two. All right. Well, um, Joe's stunned. He, he's a little he, bit rattled. Does he completed, oh, I'm to, uh, totally stunned. Like that's. <laughs> Man, uh, well, I could, I, okay. Um, my next pick is going to be Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Terminator 2 Judgment Day. I got to make sure I, that I put Terminator 2 and not Terminator 1. Well, I'd say Terminator 1's an 80s movie. 
pretty sure. True. Okay. Well, yeah. still, there's some dumb yeah. people who, who are <laughs> unless you voted for me. Eighties, man. Unless you voted for me, then you're not dumb. <laughs> oh man. Uh, no, Judgment Day is goddamn. What an experience that was uh, in theaters, and I was twelve when that when that came out, and it was still like a holy crap, this movie owns type of type of thing because it was you know because obviously you're left off from terminator with you know with arnold's character being evil and terrifying and the whole thing and now suddenly he's your buddy and like every action scene in that is unbelievable uh robert patrick is unbelievable as as the t what t1000 holy smokes man like that that to me like i know they've made like four or five other terminator movies after that that's the last terminator movie ever made as far as i'm concerned there's Every other movie after that is just kind of like, uh, yeah, I know we said that that was going to be the last one, but we're, we're going to do another one. No, 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 no. That's the last one, and it's the greatest one. It's mm-hmm. it's it's such a goddamn good movie. Holy smokes, it was man. good. And Linda Hamilton, Jesus Christ, she's amazing in that movie. Holy man, it's just incredible. Uh, I love T two. Um, Man, you left you left everything on the board for me here, and I appreciate. There's just so it. many. There's dude, there's going to be ten to <laughs> yeah. fifteen amazing movies that neither of us are going to pick. Yeah, it just might be a category where we get blasted for you know the all three agent lists like that's happened a few times. Yeah, yeah, that yeah that has happened quite a bit. Um, I'm going with Pulp Fiction. Okay, yeah, I, that's going to be yeah, a good time. That's a that's another movie where it's. Everything about it is, I mean, that, that it's the quintessential Tarantino movie. Um, like the cast that's in it, you know, everything, the, the set pieces and everything that goes on in that movie is just insane. You know, Samuel L. and Travolta are great. Uh, Uma Thurman's fantastic. Um, and then like just the, the, the little bit parts and like carving in and out, like Christopher Walken's one insane scene in that movie is just like, you're like, okay, gives this great whole like soliloquy and it's about it's about it's kids kids watch being stuffed in his ass to save it from the war for you know for his, his dad's watch from the war like okay man like all right like okay cool but like just it's the whole movie's insane um and it's it's like if if i don't know if we've ever done movie soundtracks i think we have right we've done 80s movie soundtracks oh, okay i know that because that's one of the few that i've actually won yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, <laughs> not, but like, that's the pulp pulp fiction soundtrack is an all. Oh, it's amazing. Too. That's a great movie. It's a great pick. Oh yeah. All right, I got I got my last two here. Um, all right, first one. I don't know. It's just a good sentimental movie. It feels nostalgic thinking about it because of how long ago it was. Well, these were all a long time ago. Well, 1996. <laughs> Jerry Maguire, man, and I'm going to tell you this right now. I'm not even that big of a big Tom Cruise fan, to be honest with you. I'm really not really, but I really no. but I love this movie. And I also not a big Renee Zellweger fan either, but I loved her in this. I just love the story. It was based at least loosely on a true story about Lee Steinberg, which, mm-hmm. you know, props to Pat Moran because Lee Steinberg has been on this podcast before. So, you know, pat myself on the back here. That's <laughs> but anyway, well I just, earned. I, I just love that movie, man. I love that movie. And my last one, and I'm going back and forth. Again, there's so many to choose from, but I really have been torn on two here. Um, I'm gonna get killed in these polls. This, <laughs> this might this might get it's finally dawned on you. You're like, oh this man, I'm gonna die. I'm at, the, I'm at the podium right now. I'm like, fuck. 
This draft's not working out. Um, you know what? Fuck it. If I'm going down, I'm gonna go down with ones I like though, because I'm actually gonna go to an animated movie, 1994, and I'm gonna take the Lion King. Nice. I like the Lion King, man. I still to this day one of my favorite soundtracks of all time. I watch it. I've rewatched that movie a million times as well. I mean, again, these are movies I really I, I don't need to really explain. You're either gonna love them or you don't, man. And right. I love the Lion King. So Jerry Maguire and the Lion King, and I've left you one more pick here, and I'm sure I'm gonna take a wild guess here and say, Josh, if, if you had a big board, like let's just say in Joe Yearning's war room right now, mm -hmm. and he had 10 things on his big whiteboard right now, I'd be willing to bet that Shawshank Redemption was on that. And that my other four picks, none of them were on it. Mm, no yeah, way. Shawshank definitely would have been. That's on your uh, top ten. Head. Uh, yeah, the other four would not have been. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so you got a lot to choose from here, man. Uh, yes, I do. Yes, I do. And oh, um, mm, now, see now I'm I'm well, like, how, which one is it going to be though? Because there's so, oh man, I'm just like looking down this list of movies. I'm just like, oh, I love that one. Oh, I love that one. Oh, this one I love. Like just all these movies where it's incredible films. Um, Days you know, and Confused is going to be the one where um, it's my Chicago Blackhawks pick right now where I'm tanking. I'm going to get accused of uh, tanking. Yes. Of, of being a tank and taking it yeah, in the yes, third round. Yeah, it's yeah. really, really kind of sticking in right now. Yeah, but yeah, go yes. ahead. Uh, my final pick is going to be the big Lebowski. Okay. That's um, that's, uh, yeah. I mean, again, it's a Coen brothers movie, but Jesus, every, everybody in that movie is memorable. Every I, the whole movie's insane. <laughs> it's it a, is. it's a completely insane movie. Like half of it's an acid trip. Like you get, you get Sam Elliott just kind of randomly being in there doing cowboy stuff in a not cowboy <laughs> movie at all. And, um, you know, you get, uh jeff what jeff uh i can't uh, name jeff bridges jeff bridges jesus i'm yeah. like i'm like it's not jeff daniels get jeff daniels name out of your head that's a different movie <laughs> no jeff bridges incredible um again it's buscemi um uh man this is where taking pain pills is ruining my brain right now yeah but you've names made it are, an names hour, are escaping me you've made it an entire hour and 18 minutes before the brain pills have taken over. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I pick, listen, I had a heavy fog before we started recording, so I had to shake that off, but now it's back. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just like, just everybody, you know, uh, Walter Sobchak in that movie is a crazy person. Um, just, you know, uh, I just, I just it, the whole cast is nuts. I, I, it's another movie where it's, I love it to death, but like, if I'm going to sit down and watch it, like I got to be in the right mindset. I got to be mm -hmm. like, all right, I'm in for a two hour ride of craziness. Like, let's go. So, but yeah, me, Lebowski, Lebowski Owens, man. <laughs> let me, uh, let me run down just a few of, uh, audible mentions. There were a couple, when I got to my last two picks, McGuire and Lion King, I was really, it was like two out of four. I wanted to pick, um, the other one, I, I really like groundhog day a lot. I obviously, yeah. I, I didn't pick it. And I might have got a runoff of Twitter for this one, but if I would have drafted it, but Pretty Woman, man, I love Pretty Woman. Oh, I don't care what anybody says. It's a great movie. So that was on my list really high. Silence of the Lambs was yeah. another one mm -hmm. that I had on there. I think that might have been a good pick. Uh, 
There's something about Mary. If you want to go really yeah. goofy, early 90s, like Billy Madison or Happy Gilmore, mm-hmm. were, were great Adam Sandler movie, Casino, following up, um, yeah. you know, staying with the mob theme, or theme after uh, Goodfellas. So that were a few of them. Uh, Toy dude, Story, I'm, Jurassic Toy Park. Story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, look, Scream, Scream was great. <laughs> I want to, I want to, let me run these down. LA Confidential, goddamn, that's a great yeah, movie too. We can go on. Men, Men in Black, oh my God. Yeah. I had the first overall pick. I took Shawshank Redemption, then I followed it up with Forrest Gump, Days and Confused, Jerry Maguire, and The Lion King. I don't hate those. No, no they're, that's not they're good. Like, Joe took Goodfellas, Fargo, uh, Terminator 2, Judgment Day, Pulp Fiction, and The Big Lebowski. I'm going to make a prediction here. Again, I stood on the podium. I'm like, this is not good. I, I would be stunned if I, if I was sent in the Vegas over-under right now for what percentage you're going to land on. And who knows? We've been really wrong and off yes. before. Mm-hmm. I would say 77% is, is going to vote Joe this week. So I'm, I'm of the mind that I think I've got this in the bag, but this will be the one weirdo week where you, you end up winning like 65, 35. And I'll be like, what What the hell? How did this happen? Exactly. exactly. <laughs> Make sure everyone you go vote at Pat Moran tweet at Joe Urinan. This will be up starting around noon today. Thanks for doing this, man. I know you're uh, like I said, you're you're in discomfort, but you pulled it yeah. together. Sound good. Actually look good. We're going to be back on video too next week, man. <laughs> Thanks, brother. Appreciate you. Thanks for having me, and uh, I'm glad I wasn't so uh, drug-addled that I couldn't complete this.